Hello, my name is Andrew Gary, and welcome to Seismic Sound Off, in-depth conversations in applied geophysics, brought to you by the Society of Exploration Geophysicists. That was the first ever welcome for the SEG podcast in August 2016. Seven years and 200 episodes later, the Seismic Sound Off team has been lucky and honored to continue to hold in-depth conversations in applied geophysics. And I'm still your host, Andrew Gary. For this milestone episode, we will highlight some of the key stats for the show, showcase clips from the top 10 episodes, and offer a behind-the-scenes look at how the show is made. In total, Seismic Sound Off has over 170,000 listens across its 200 episodes. Since the start in 2016, every year has increased in listeners, and we are on track to increase listeners again in 2023. The podcast has featured 72 episodes on the cutting-edge topics presented in The Leading Edge, and I've had the opportunity to speak with numerous SEG book authors and many lecturers in the past seven years. In this clip from episode 136 with Joe Dellinger on his Distinguished Instructor Short Course, he shares the secret to major scientific breakthroughs. Increasingly, people just sort of think the I'll run my magic algorithms on it, and I can take anything and turn it into something amazing using like machine learning. I think we need to fight against that trend and say, no, you, <laughs> you need to understand what's going on under the hood, especially if you want to make major breakthroughs. You really need to understand what's going on under the hood or be very lucky, I guess. But I think it's, it's helpful to have some understanding of what's going on underneath the hood if you really want to do amazing things. It's this type of perspective and insight from major geophysical thinkers that I love showcasing for this podcast. The number 10 episode in the show's history comes from a conversation on the pros and cons of full waveform inversion from episode 53. In this clip, I asked John Britton about a controversial author Weglin quote on FWI. All the current approaches to so-called full waveform inversion are always using the wrong data, always using the wrong algorithms and all too often using the wrong earth model as well. This quote is almost six years old, but how does this quote now hold up today and relate to the current state of FWI? The vast majority of industrial FWI that is done in today is still as wrong as Professor Vigline states in that, in that quote, but it is slowly changing. And I think that's, that's what we're seeing. I mean, particularly what we're seeing, we've seen a shift in the last couple of years, we've been seeing a big shift in the world of seismic acquisition towards the ocean bottom, towards ocean bottom nodes in particular. And all that extra multi-component data, you know, can in principle be used and be helpful to us in terms of dealing with a more elastic view of the world. I just spoke at the SEG workshop on the near surface, which was in Bahrain last weekend. I was one of the speakers there. And there were a number of papers there about elastic FWI, about using, you know, dealing with the near surface, which is in particularly in, on land, is a, can be particularly elastic, and dealing with the surface waves in a full waveform inversion context as well. So the earth models and the algorithms, they're all improving. You know, as we get better computers, bigger computers, we can do things in a more sophisticated manner. However, I always show that quote in my FWI talks. I showed it at the weekend and it, because it keeps you humble, because you realize, you know, you're making approximations. And it reminds us also of how far we need to go because, you know, we still are making these approximations and we have to remember that we're doing that. 
This podcast has featured a wide range of interview guests and topics, from the award-winning student program GeoForce Texas, the SEG field camp that highlighted the hidden history of Ghana, to the updated best practices for staying safe in earthquakes, this podcast has reached far and wide to explore geophysics. This even includes traveling outside of Earth, when we showcase the first special section dedicated to planetary geophysics in the 40-year history of the leading edge. Here is Alex Broad from episode 167. We can't just go back the following week, not on the moon or on Mars. So we need to be very careful in designing surveys. We need to design these surveys in concert with geologists, with geochemists, with resource experts, with the engineers which operate rovers and landers. Without that, we won't succeed. So it will be one of those truly, everybody mentions cross-disciplinary, interdisciplinary, but this is really cross and interdisciplinary. There is no excuse. You cannot do this without expertise in every aspect of the problem. The science of geophysics is the history of great men and women building off the discoveries and lessons of the previous generations. From the number eight episode in the top 10, Chris Liner in episode 13 goes all the way back to 1755 in the Lisbon earthquake to discuss how it still impacts geophysics. I find it fascinating because I am a historically minded person, but also you can see that certain things that happened in the past did not happen overnight. For just to give one example, the reflection coefficient thing that we use now, the Zopritz reflection coefficient that we talk about, actually was first published in 1888. And it was only in 1906 that Zopritz published his version without knowledge of the earlier version. And that's very interesting because these things have evolved in different places and different times. When you look at 3D seismology, for example, the first experiments were done in the early 1970s. It only became mainstream 15 years later, really only 20 years later. And a similar thing progresses for all sorts of technologies we do. So it shows you the time scale on when you get uptake of new ideas in the industry. And it takes much longer than you think. Even though someone publishes a paper today about some fantastic new idea, it can be 15 to 20 years before it shows up in production work in the business. Another area I love exploring is the professional and personal issues impacting geophysicists. The technical skills are essential, but the soft skills also play a major role in success. In episode 81, I spoke with Eve Sprunt on her book, A Guide for Dual Career Couples. In this clip, she explains how both the individual and the company can better navigate the dual career couple dynamic. I think it really is an issue about dual career couples, and that makes it important both in terms of the dynamics in the couple and also their engagement with their employers. And part of that is an employer, when they look at a young man who may have a working wife, Many of the senior management looked at and go like, well, that's fine. But once he gets the right opportunity, he's going to take the lead and off he goes. Whereas they project down on the younger person what happened in their relationship, which is, well, I got this opportunity and my wife took on volunteer work instead. So I think it's important in that sense of seeing how management looks at it, but also within the couple. 
because you're a unit. It's like you're a military squad working together against defending the family unit. And yes, you can have frictions in there, but putting it in this context that you're both breadwinners and that times have changed. So the division of labor and the division of responsibility of all sorts needs to be reexamined and renegotiated. Geoscientists Without Borders is a unique and life-changing program that brings the skills and tools of geophysicists to solve real-world problems. It's been an honor to feature several programs throughout the past 200 episodes. Our most ambitious episode to date highlighted the efforts of Paul Bowman and his team to bring water to the second largest refugee camp in the world at Kakuma, Kenya. You look out on this camp that stretches forever, a couple hundred thousand people in the middle of the desert, living in these unspeakable conditions. You know, there's long lineups to get your drinking water every day from the water taps. You only get one meal per day, you gotta wait all day for that. They don't have jobs, and they're totally relying on this elusive groundwater resource um, that they don't know much about. It's sort of a mystifying thing for them. You just can't believe. You're just in shock. You just can't believe um, there's a place like this on the planet. And then, you know, you start to think about things about yourself as well. You start to think about, well, I mean, this is hard on them. Like, so what are we going to be doing while we're surviving here? Like, what are, what are the sources? Like, how do people get by here? How do people get food and water and everything else? And how are we going to get it? And then how are we going to even help these people? GWB truly lives the applied and applied geophysics. To hear the full story of Paul's successful project, go listen to episode 37. After you listen, explore the other GWB episodes listed in the show notes for this episode. The very first episode, and the number four episode in the top 10, featured the first SEG female president, Sally Zinke. The co-creator of this podcast, Isaac Farley, and myself made a call for SEG members to send in their questions to Sally. We were overwhelmed by the response. Here's a clip from the first episode. Hello, Sally. I'm Yuni Park, studying at Inha University in South Korea. I would like to ask you that if you had any obstacles during your career in this industry, and how did you overcome those? Oh, I've had a number of interesting moments in my career, many of them frustrating and challenging. I guess I like to call them speed bumps. And I always try to remind myself that challenges or speed bumps generally lead to opportunities. Probably the one thing that shocked me the most occurred right after I left my job at Mobile Oil. I'd been hired to be the U.S. geophysical manager for a large independent, only to discover that there were no other female professionals in the organization. The human resources department couldn't seem to complete my paperwork as they were unsure if a woman could be hired at that level. The actual comment came across as, you hired a woman to do what and you're going to pay her what? I had to make a presentation at the next board of directors meeting to demonstrate my abilities. Thankfully, the gentleman who had hired me had not the slightest doubts. As with all of my challenges, I've had to prove that I have the ability to make important decisions. I knew that as a woman, I was a pioneer in this field and would have to make a very difficult path. I've accepted those challenges, hopefully with a good sense of humor and the love of my great friends. One of the things I'm most proud of for this podcast is the quality of the evergreen content in the archive. Each month, there's a dedicated group that listens to each new episode. 
However, the majority of the listens each month come from the archived episodes. On a recent appearance, Kurt Marford stated that fewer geophysicists are taking educational courses in areas they don't directly work. Seismic SoundOff can act as a great resource to get exposed to new topics without the commitment of money, travel, or time away from family and friends. I encourage you to explore the archive and hear from an expert on a new topic. Who knows? Maybe it will help spark that bit of inspiration you need to see a challenge from a new perspective. The number one episode in the top 10 explores the latest research into induced seismicity. In this clip from episode 31, Mirko Vanderbond navigates if the public holds a common misunderstanding on induced seismicity. Yes and no. The public wants to understand what goes on. And so what we often see is that the public is looking at the scientists to explain them, this is what we know, this is what we don't know. Obviously, it's a, quite, it's a contentious uh, topic. There's lots of different uh, stakeholders here. Operators want to extract the actual hydrocarbons, make money. They want to employ people, which they can pay to do this. In other parts, though, it might be that this happens across farmlands and the farmer has no interest in any, uh, possibly not even the oil and gas exploration, and certainly has no interest in filling his house shake. Right? Nobody wants human-induced seismicity. Uh, one of the things, so which is desirable, is just to explain to the public, this is what is happening, this is what we know, this is what we don't know. Unfortunately, there's a lot of misinformation out there as well. And so we're trying our best to go and explain to whether it's a journalist or a concerned person, this is what is going on here. At least this is what we think is what is going on here. And this is how it might impact you. And so just educating the people and educating the public is very important from a scientific point of view. To see the complete list of the top 10 episodes, as well as discover the top five cities and countries listening to the podcast, go to seg.org slash podcast or check out the show notes. You will also find links to the episodes featured in this episode, as well as all the episodes featuring Geoscientists Without Borders. A special thank you to the past sponsors of the SEG podcast. This includes TGS, which has sponsored 22 episodes. CGG, which has sponsored 18 episodes, Geospace, 12 episodes, Catalyst Data Management, 6 episodes, and Geophysical Insights, 3 episodes. If your company would like to learn more on how to sponsor future episodes, please contact Kathy Gamble at SEG, information in the show notes for this episode. And we would love to hear from you. What topics would you like to hear? What past guests would you like to hear again? Who would you like featured on the show? Reach out to us at podcast at seg.org to let us know. And to all the people I've been blessed to interview for this show, thank you. I hear frequently that it's the first time someone has ever been interviewed for their work. And it's an honor to have that responsibility. And it's a role as an interviewer that I take seriously. Thank you for trusting me to highlight your hard work and expertise. Original music in almost every episode of this show was created by Zach Bridges. I, Andrew Gary, hosted, edited, and produced this episode. A shout out to Isaac Farley, who co-created and produced the first 34 episodes of this show. Your eye for editing is second to none. The SEG podcast team is Jennifer Cobb, 
Kathy Gamble and Allie McGinnis. The show couldn't be made without you. And thank you for continuing to listen week after week. We hope to continue to bring you the latest topics impacting geophysics for years to come. This is your host, Andrew Gary. Thank you for listening. This is Seismic Sound Off, signaling off.